0: This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. Yeah,
1: I'm just sitting here my money, wondering why you're in love with me, honey, and why everybody is so high strung these Price of living here has gone sky high. But guys like me were always getting by. Babe told me a lean dog can run a long race. And all I know is you gotta keep trying. You gotta lap them down and then keep from crying. The only sure thing is. And you love it, hey there, howdy!
0: Welcome into this edition of The Other Side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West, Texas Leeson, Jerry Jeff. To get you started here on your Thursday or whenever you're listening. Maybe it's fr- like the dream is that you hear that on Friday and you're headed home. Uh, wherever you are. All over The Other Sides of Texas. Thank you for hanging out here and telling friends that you hang out here. I'm your host, j west texas leeson broadcasting from the racer wash racer car wash studios voted lubbock's best wash for five years running stop into one of five convenient locations across the hub city for the best wash round you're coming in go to racerwash.com or you're just already here you want to get your car wash? i need to get the tundra i've been delinquent this week and getting the mighty tundra washed in the vip line that's where you'll find me there at racerwash.com as we roll along on this edition set things up we're going to have blue collar bill join us the working class hero he's going to jump in and talk with us here in about uh, 10 15 minutes from now and then we'll have james arnold economist extraordinaire by virtue of him being at one of lubbock's longest legacy banks president of abc bank will be in studio with us here in about 30 minutes so yesterday a lot of response to the show you can find it there on facebook uh, and then other side of texas.com does texas need another veterinarian school some response about our interview and i'm not afraid And here this will undergird the monologue i am not afraid of hearing from the other side of an issue i think whenever you hear them and you hear what they have to posit and then you're able to decide well maybe i need to evaluate that more and not just take some convenient oh never mind them forget about it and we had dr greg vanna up in canyon on the show and he's he's affiliated with wt uh, with west texas AM and and affiliated through his own decision to be affiliated uh, with his practice there in canyon and that uh that's drawn a lot of response the show the podcast uh, i've got some emails that hopefully we can find time to get into Today, but it was an email about another subject that I want to get into as we begin. And I got this late last night. Nancy, I don't mention people's last names, but Nancy sends me an email and she says this I've been listening for about a month now. I appreciate the originality of the show. Well, thank you, Nancy, but sometimes I get confused. Fair critique, Nancy because we are listen you find something else like this you let me know but i'm i am not a devotee to either party and i've got some more criticisms about democrats more often than i do republicans but i voice more republican uh, critiques because Repu- this show focuses on state politics because i think that state government affects your life more day-to-day than any other form of government and in texas republicans are in charge like 90 percent of the time so that's where we stay focused but when we launch national, you'll hear me speak of more of a republican stripe but again not a devotee of of either side uh i appreciate the originality of the show but sometimes i'm confused yesterday you talked about west texicanism can you explain more what she is referencing is the monologue and the end of the program and it's there on itunes up on our podcast if you go like to go back and listen it's other side of com as well monologue yesterday i drove into the program from Plainview. And I talked about how I 27 came about. And it was somewhat of a miracle in and of itself how I 27 came about. It had a lot to do with a congressman out of West Texas. he's People claim him in Lubbock, but really down off and into the Cap Rock, whatever your cartography is. But George Mahon. And Mahon voted with his party 70% of the time. Maybe eighty towards the end of his career, he's there in 1935 through 1979, the year this host was born. But he didn't vote with him all the time, and uh, he he about mid career was approached about being the speaker of the house, and Mahon said, "Look, I can't be the speaker of the house because I'm going to paraphrase and fill in some." pete laney uh, former house speaker of hell center language i can't vote my district if i vote uh, with my party all the time because hey listen we're all rabble-clad creatures here i know that we like to think like we're straight-line republicans but whenever you get into like rockefeller republicanism suburban republicanism uh, Rockefeller in on the national level and then suburban Republican on the state level you begin to have some real tension like you can like if you don't have a job and a lot of these people don't like a lot of these like party activists they have a job but they don't want to tell you where they work because if they told you where they worked then they would show their hand and it would be based upon a lot of government programming a lot of government services so they stay quiet on that front, whatever income's coming into their house, them, their spouse, or whatever. And that's the hard, ugly truth because in West Texas, government has been harnessed. Like if I'm Beto O'Rourke, I'm talking about West Texans and how they've made ag policy work for them, how they've made medical policy work for them, how they've made, and we harness it. I mean like a well-trained whore like a well broken bronc we make all of those things work for us you give us a dollar at the government level then we're gonna turn it into eight dollars and I don't care however frustrated you are 806 745 5800 if you want to pipe in here but that's the cold hard truth and eight out of ten employers in Lubbock uh, a place where we think that we created Ronald Reagan in our basement. Eight out of ten of the top employers are from the government sector. And then, well, people say, "Well, about small business." And I say, "What about small business? Show me your non-taxable invoices." And eight out of ten of those invoices, by and large, are from government entities especially the more successful the small business is that to say uh, Nancy asking about West Texanism can you please explain and so as I looked at it I began to think okay maybe I can explain and as I began to do prep today thinking about the show last night to provide you quality most talked about afternoon radio program content today I thought about Mahon and I thought about discrepancies between what we say about republicanism and how we really feel and vote in West Texas, as it relates to agriculture and education and medical and healthcare services. And um, I thought maybe the best thing would be Jordan Peterson is a thought leader, a public—I don't want to say public theologian. A public thinker. He was on Joe Rogan. If you don't listen to Joe Rogan, you ought to. A little pitch for Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan Experience Podcast. And this is Jordan Peterson. I want to play this for you for the next couple of minutes. And then I want to follow up on it. So I want you to hit Control or the open the Apple In. Let's bring up a new window. And then I will merge these, what I've laid out already, with what Peterson lays out here.
2: I mean, I certainly believe that there's space and necessity for a constant dialogue between the left and the right. This is also something that I've been developing more particularly during these lectures. So so I'm going to lay out a couple of propositions. So imagine that you have to move forward in the world. You have to do things. Mm-hmm. And the reason you have to do things is because well if you just sit there and don't do anything then you suffer and die. So that isn't an option. You have to move forward. You have to move forward towards valued things. So you have to have a value hierarchy. It has to be a hierarchy because one thing has to be more important than another or you can't do anything, right? You're, you're too split with your choices. So you have to do things. You have to value. You have to value some things more than others. Then you have to act out what you value in the social environment because you're a social creature and you're not going to do things alone, then as soon as you start to act out things of value in the social environment, you inevitably produce a hierarchy. And the reason you do that is because no matter what you're acting out, some people are way better at it than others. And and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's basketball or hockey or plumbing or law. It doesn't matter. As soon as there's something valuable and you're doing it collectively, there's a hierarchy. Okay, so then what happens? Well, the hierarchy can get corrupt and rigid, and, and then it stops rewarding competence, and it starts rewarding criminality and power. And so there's always the danger the hierarchy will become corrupt. The right-wingers say, we really need the hierarchies, and we should abide by them. That's sort of the motif of patriotism and, 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 and positive group identity. And the left-wingers say, yeah, but wait a second. There's a problem here. A, your hierarchy can get corrupt and might, and B, because some people are way better at it than others, you're going to produce a bunch of dis- dispossessed people at the bottom. And that's not only, good for, not only not good for the dispossessed people, it actually threatens the whole hierarchy. So you have to be careful. You have to attend to the widows and the children, let's say, the widows mm. and the orphans. Okay, so now, and so now you can think about that as an eternal problem. You can't do without hierarchies, but... And that's the right-wing claim in some sense. You can't do without hierarchies, and they're valuable. But they're also prone to corruption, and they dispossess people.
0: Okay, so to take it back up here, what, what Peterson lays out there is a mainstay within Republicanism that you have to have the hierarchy, and you tend to the hierarchy. Now think about all the claims that you hear, and I don't want to get off in the rabbit trails on all this but the kneeling at the national anthem which shouldn't be done and i've said that over and over again on the show but when the hierarchy begins to neglect your need then you've got to begin to say something and to say something in dissent will be by others who are further in this case further right be considered to be unpatriotic or as I'm claimed lots of times to be uh, liberal or uh, that you're left wing but here's the fact of the matter with what Peterson laid out the hierarchy of republicanism like go look at the texas republican the republican party texas platform you know what it calls for it calls for vouchers and it calls for some health care solutions that are not in any way Uh, conducive with west texas interest and then you go and you look at agriculture it calls for globalism not just at the state platform but at the national platform and how has that globalism worked exactly and here's where i want to delve into trump trump went through the south and the reason i voted for trump twice is because he went through the South and he said, you know what, And I've been getting hammered on this on Twitter because of our, our interviews there on Tuesday with Catherine Boudreaux of Politico. We are in a $400 billion deficit with China alone, 300 to $400 billion in agriculture alone. And that doesn't bode well because then you know what begins to happen the hierarchy high tech the pharmaceuticals you go to Silicon Valley up to New England you know what they begin to do they see us all as a lump sum and you know what if you're gonna screw somebody in trade deficits screw agriculture and that's my problem my hang up on the state level but whenever we get into or excuse me on the national level whenever we get into the state level no i'm not down with rural people beginning to pay for for vouchers we ought not pay for vouchers for people to go to madrasas or to go to anything else that's not in the public it's not in the it's not in the collective good and that's not in a democratic and i don't mean that as a party a democratic republic whatever you want to look at it is good but that's where we are and so nancy to address your question as we enter this program there has to be a modicum of west texanism and i don't mind and i've seen people adopt this in north texas and south texas and far east texas it just happens that west texas has a legacy of bucking in ways that others haven't but the current mode of republicanism says you know go with the hierarchy ultimately and you know who winds up being effectively and I mean, as a collective group, the widows and orphans within a unleashed, unquestioned republicanism is rural Texas, period, end of story. I talk to, I've talked to i talked with people in Castro County whenever Beto O'Rourke went through the panhandle. Guys who told me, you know, off record, and I won't tell you their identity, but I'm going to vote for Beto O'Rourke. Now beto o'rourke's make some stances on ice and the border and those maybe they've changed their minds since then but ted cruz has bought into a hierarchical hierarchical republicanism and it comes at the detriment of these parties like how was trump elected because people were getting messed over in trade that's what happened and people began to see that and thought hillary Clinton traditional democratic voters in the upper midwest said no trump has said he's going to make a stand here and they voted for him so i, I draw back from national to state there has to be some west texcanism there has to be somebody like your yours truly who steps up to the lieutenant governor and says i know that you're all about this hierarchy but we are not going to support vouchers here no way no how and uh, it'd be nice if on top of that you provided us with healthcare access it didn't require flying sick people via helicopter into metro areas like the rural metropolis of lubbock out from 200 miles away and on top of that uh you need to think back the the water rights in texas and letting private parties monopolize it that's some west texcanism and i've talked about it in practice and now i'm talking about it in pol- in in political policy that's west texcanism so with that going to go to a quick break get blue collar bill on the other side stick with us speaking of, the other side here on the other side of texas janet can
3: drink is Johnny, 21
0: 58 well, we talk about him often. He is our friend. He is Blue Collar Bill. You got the background noise as he rolls along in his 18-wheeler. Blue Collar Bill, how you doing?
3: Doing good. I'm getting a little bit of uh, static. Can
0: you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you perfectly. Uh, awesome. So, listen, I get on, and, you know, like we just got into that uh, intro there. Nancy, well, I'm confused. To my own my own critique sometimes i get in a little bit over people's heads but blue collar bill you think about things with your blue collar tell me what you've been thinking about and all the issues that have been going on locally statewide and then in uh national politics
3: i'm just I, 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 I'm stunned. I'm truly stunned uh, a, a, after this uh, summit in Helsinki. I don't even know what to think anymore, Jay. I mean, uh, my, my president is, is telling me, in essence, that, that NATO is bad, that our allies that have kept the Western democracy free for the last 75 years are bad, and that the Russians are good, and that our intelligence and our allies' intelligence is bad and that he puts his full faith and belief in a former KGB leader.
0: Wow. So you're... Are you part of the dam that's breaking with Donald Trump?
3: I I can't... I mean... I'm I'm stunned. I really... The only thing I can think is that during his development career, he was in New York City, where we know there's a bunch of Russian oligarchs, and we know there's a bunch of Russian mob that run the docks, that are into the real estate, and into the apartments, and in the Tennessee. I think they got something on him. I think he got in with them, and they got something on him, because I have never, ever seen a world leader capitulate like that on a world stage.
0: Okay, so... Okay.
3: But look...
0: Blue Collar Bill, you and I talk a lot offline, online, but I also see your social media posts, and you call out closet Democrats, and and you're really frustrated with people who who go to the left. But here you are taking your opportunity on the program to call out the president, and you know I heard him earlier this week blue collar, say that no American president has handled Russia more stringently than he has. He's been tougher on Russia than any American president, and I think that includes Ronald Reagan.
3: And that's not true. I was there. I remember. I remember. We do not bargain with terrorists. Quote, unquote. Another quote. Today we did what we had to do. End quote. If you counted on America to be passive, you counted wrong. End quote. All those are Reagan. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Heard anything from Trump like that? All I heard was, Man, I've heard everything everybody in the world has to say about this. I believe a little buddy over here. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm a loyal American, a flight-flying American. I'm a bona fide son of the revolution and a son of the republic of texas there's nobody more american and texan than me brother but when you cut the throat of your department of justice your fbi your cia and all your military intelligence and side with the enemy you've lost me
0: okay but uh this is it's an opportunity to plug the program Um. And I think that you listen on on uh TuneIn app, right? Do you listen oh, to the program that's... on TuneIn app?
3: Yeah, yeah, I listen to the, the okay. program on the app.
0: Yeah, so do me a favor and hit your volume down in your 18 wheeler. Appreciate yeah. you listening to the show because Yeah, I heard the feedback yeah, loop you, there. You're echoing a little bit in the background. Uh, yeah, Trump we does. Be good now. And I will tell you this: I'm a little bit sympathetic, blue collar, on with you in your critique of Trump because that was really weak, in my view. Uh, that press conference with Putin—I think you called it capitulation.
3: I think a lot of people saw it that way. It, it started from the beginning. Did you know that 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 that, that this meeting should have never occurred, Jay? Donald Trump and his team are there, Putin was an hour late, an hour late on purpose. That is a classic power play, at which point, Putin was 15 minutes late, Donald Trump should have got up and walked out of the room.
0: Hmm. So what else, what else are you just saying? This is the first time you've called in the show when you've leveled, uh, I hear you go after Democrats and liberals. Uh, but uh, with Trump, is, is this the beginning of a breaking point with you and Trump,
3: oh, Luke well, You know, at least on this issue, yes. You know, I, uh,
0: but wait, uh, let me ask you this: Why would he, in your words, capitulate the way that he did?
3: I, I, I think they have something on him. I think the Russian oligarchs and the Russian mob have turned over information they have on Trump. Putin, and Putin is using it to yank Trump's chain and get what he needs out of it. Yeah. I think he's, he's using Trump as a whipping boy. Hmm. You could see it all over Putin's face. If you go back and watch the video and look at the smirk on Putin's face, he's playing Trump like a Stradivarius.
0: Well, <laughs> stradivarius that's, that's a big word for, for somebody in an 18-wheeler, and that's why we have you on the show. Uh, so what are you looking at from now on? Uh, so far as domestic policy, are you looking for more... Cra- you know, let, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me ask you this. On a national level, do you want Robert Mueller's investigation to carry on, or do you want it to stop now?
3: No, I think it needs to carry on. I think it needs to be narrowed in its focus. We need to find out what those people have on him. They, 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 he, he, he. These guys... After this Helsinki summit, the next day, we're in the Situation Room of the White House figuring out how to do damage control on this press conference. The Situation Room. This is the place where we fight wars, where we go after worldwide terrorists, where we save the world. These guys go to the Situation Room and spend 24 hours to come up with, oh, I should have said wouldn't when I should have said would. Really? Really, if it was a simple misspeak, it wouldn't have took you 24 hours and a trip with your highest level staff to the situation room. Just figure that one out.
0: Okay. Uh, let's get into some stuff that uh, regular listeners, when they hear blue-collar feel here on the program, uh, AC working? How how hot is it in the cab right now? Uh, it's about 65 degrees, thank nice. goodness,
3: because I'm hot, hot enough. And as that's it down is. from <laughs> like 130. That's, that's oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll put an air conditioner on it.
0: All right. Well, Blue Collar, I appreciate you chiming in. I think a lot of people feel the way you do. Matter of, I mean,
3: well, like, my whole thing
0: is this, is we can go after people on partisanship or you can go after people on corruption. And I think that Trump, his big design, and I agree with Newt Gingrich here, this is the most regrettable moment of Trump's presidency, and I think people like you and I are beginning to see it.
3: I'm right there, brother, and I don't want to alienate or upset any of my friends. I mean, I've lived here in Lubbock my whole life, but I'm always going to stand up for what's right. I'm always going to call out what's wrong, and it doesn't matter who's who. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. And what happened on that stage in Helsinki was wrong. All right. On every level.
0: He is Blue Collar Bill. You hear him just about every week on the program. Thank you for taking time, Blue Collar Bill. Thanks, sir. All right. Uh, going to roll along I'm with Blue Collar man. Bill. Get back in here. Talk some West Texas economy with James Arnold. You ABC Bank. You Stick right where you are about 90 seconds
1: now. If you can
0: and I'm a shoe shine man. Well, I can sing, I can dance, I can play the harmonica too. Howdy Jay, West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again put new pulls on and at a super affordable price they've resold my boots and they build great hats love these guys go check them out 30 34th street or flint boot and hat shop at flint and 34th street See more at flinthat.com.
3: Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is The Other Side of Texas with Jay Leeson.
0: Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and
2: guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars.
0: You hear some abc bank promotions on this program and i hope you enjoy them and the president of abc bank james arnold sits in with us now gonna get into some west texas in local economy james arnold how are you buddy hey i'm good jay good to see you tell me what you're seeing out there so far as the agriculture and other sectors
4: well we're seeing uh all positive except one big negative is we need a good rain for our producers you know uh, we're getting this is a critical time right here in july and august we need moisture uh, they need to be able to apply some chemicals and and let the you know we're getting plenty of heating units we see that we just need moisture but when i look at the regional economy kind of how it's going right now uh everything's on go i mean you look at Amarillo, they're doing great the Permian Basin is back to $300 a night hotel rooms at the Hampton. Yeah, uh, There's nowhere to live there. Housing is going crazy there. Uh, the, the effects we see in Lubbock are drivers, in commercial drivers in Lubbock are driving to the Permian Basin for more money and better benefits. So that's putting a strain on labor and wages in this economy. Lubbock's unemployment index is at an all-time low. We're fully employed in West Texas. Uh, if you want a job, there
0: is a job. Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
4: Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's good for people looking for work. I think uh, it creates wage inflation for people uh, because of the Permian Basin and the pull to go south. But I think it's overall, it's good. It stimulates our economy. You see houses being built.
0: It's good for growth. Okay, so let's get into some agri- you know, We had Catherine Boudreau from Politico. She's one of their lead food and agriculture reporters and she was on the show with us on thursday james she was talking about how and some of these affect west texas hit and miss but how pork and how sorghum guys were getting hit uh, the hardest in the trade tariff the trade wars and then fruit i mean you can make an argument for grapes but i don't know what much else yeah. In West Texas. What are you seeing from your end at ABC Bank on the tariff trade war?
4: You know, it hadn't trickled down to West Texas, I don't think, yet. But I think if this thing continues to escalate, obviously we're watching cotton Yeah. to make sure. Which is what, 87, 88 cents right now? So just below a dollar, yeah. Just just shy, just shy of 90 cents a pound. Okay. Uh, and that's good. But I think – and it, it could go up. It it could go down. It just depends. You know, we're watching China to see what they do. They continue to escalate this. And I think if vehicle, vehicles get included in that tariff, then I think it's on. And how?
0: So, how so with vehicles?
4: Well, if, if we tariff importing vehicles from, from, from Europe – or for not from Europe, from the Far East, then I think you might see China start tagging additional items that they're going to tariff coming into China. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh so far it's been good for manufacturing uh i don't know if you said i don't know if you talking about it earlier but the article in the wall street journal today talking about uh, manufacturing states that were traditionally blue states are now all red states and it's because of this uh emphasis on domestic production
0: Hmm. so but back to the automobile thing where just fill me in here where do automobile sales and car dealerships fall within a West Texas ranking of economy? Is that like a top 10? In terms of economic stimulator? Yeah. It's probably a top 10. It's
4: it's an index we watch every month yeah. because it's just an indicator of consumer spending. I've said this before on the show, but 75% of a local economy is consumer spending uh, and housing. That's it. Uh, and so we watch those very closely, and automobile sales is one of them. it's a big ticket item. It's probably the second largest expenditure a household will
0: have. So outside of Midland, as we look up into Lubbock, and let's go over to let's include Abilene and go up to Amarillo as well. Uh, where is where is housing in all this? Uh, well, uh, very strong. You know,
4: uh, Lubbock's economy is built upon, like I said, housing and retail sales consumer spending, uh, we don't have large track home builders that will come in and develop 82 homes at a time like a Toll Brothers or a Syntax or a DR Horton. We've got community builders working in conjunction with community banks to manage inventory. And so that, that creates a very solid and very strong housing market and we're seeing growth and we're seeing price increases uh, and, and, and that's good for an economy.
0: And let me ask you this, Why hasn't cotton been brought into the trade war yet? Is it because China is so dependent on high-quality cotton that comes from regions like West Texas? That's what I think. I think
4: it's their dependency on on the product. And so uh, they can't price themselves out of the market because the demand is so strong, that pull is so strong. But I think it's probably on their list of things that they could hit us with that would affect you and me directly and this economy directly. But so far, that's been left off.
0: Hmm. And that's interesting because whenever you get into trade wars you're beginning to look at your opponent in this case the trump administration and what their strong suits are politically and i think that trump you know early on i remember early 2016 talking with cotton guys where are you guys at in the republican primary well we're with trump we're going to put trump bumper stickers on our tractors because he makes China flinch in ways that nobody else does. So I just, I mean, as, as president of ABC bank, are you, is it just a matter of time before they go after cotton at the point in which things are escalating? You know, I,
4: I don't know. It's, you know, this is the most unpredictable president I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I think everybody, I mean, it's, Pretty not debatable. Uh, I don't know where we're going with that. You know, is he a, is he crazy or is he crazy like a fox? Is he the ultimate negotiator? This whole blow up with Russia is you know it's just I don't know uh, where this leads. But you know, an old saying goes: don't you know don't don't start a fight you can't win. And I, I'm I'm afraid we've picked a fight that's going to be tough for us.
0: Hmm. In that regard, yeah. Um, so james what i want to ask you about too is as we begin to look and it's only july but we begin to look at the legislature run rolling around in january wind energy is and i've talked with several superintendents in floyd county and hill county and other counties surrounding lubbock who say that what's been ke- keeping us afloat is wind and turbine technology and implementation in their surrounding counties from which these school districts get revenues Uh, what do you you know whenever you're checking the books and you're looking at what's making the economy run how big is wind energy right now in the region as as it transfers into economics
4: it's huge I mean look at drive down uh, Highway 84 and drive past Hermley and look at the new school and the new football stadium they built yeah that's wind energy money right there. I mean, it's it's the it's an economic stimulator in small economies that don't have another. That, that's their only avenue of growth. Is something like this new to town? New technology, and is it sustainable? Does it need government support? I mean, it, there's all kinds of political issues associated with it, and, and the legislature will probably have to deal with that this session. Uh, it's going to be hard. It, it's hard to defend when it the only the only metric that makes it work. Is that economic stimulus from the government? Otherwise, that that that, that those economies don't work. Hmm. Uh, in terms of the economics because of that thing, what,
0: what they'll tell me is that with this erratic. Now, this is preceding 87, 90 ninety-cent cotton. Uh, you know, oil's been down, cotton's been down, and then we're facing. I'm not asking you to get in this fray, but we've gotten we've not gotten more assistance from the legislature with school finance it's been wind that's helped us make it the way through and we didn't have to consolidate our school with a nearby school district but i i look at that and i say well wind energy is important surely and you know there's a a follow-up question i have for you there but uh, are they right whenever they tell me without wind they wouldn't have survived well they're they're in their mind, they are, right? And so uh,
4: I know what school finance looks like, and I, I, the, the, the continued cuts that you see on the state level yeah. uh, are to the detriment of small rural school districts. Uh, you know, they hurt Idaloo. They hurt all these small towns that want to keep their independence and want to stay. That, that, that's the backbone of these small towns is the local school district. That's where you know a lot of their employees live in those towns, and they keep it going. Uh, but they've struggled for a decade or more, and I don't see I don't see any relief in sight. The way the legislature's pushing school vouchers, they're going to get it in at some point. Maybe it's this session. I hope not, but uh, it's headed that direction. So yeah, when they say that they wouldn't have made it without wind energy income, they're prob- for a lot of these communities. They're probably right now. Once you get to a certain size, like a Friendship and a Cooper and a Lubbock ISD, we don't live and die by that. But some of these rural districts, they do.
0: Yeah. And fair for listeners who may not know James Arnold's pedigree, he was uh, on the Board of Trustees at Lubbock ISD, so knows a thing or two about school finance. Uh, James Arnold, I want you to stick right where you are. We're going to go to a break, get back in with you, talk a little bit more about economic policy, but also get into um, some ABC Bank goodness. Gotcha. There. So stick right with us here. we going to go to a break, get back in with you.
3: This is what happens when your mother drops you on your head one too many times. Welcome back to the other side with Jay Leeson.
0: Hey, welcome back in other side of Texas. ABC Banks President our friend james arnold on the show uh james arnold we finished off there with wind and i want to uh follow up a little bit there with um is there a way like with here's the problem in the legislature is that they see that we had this Kres line and that we wanted to the competitive renewable energy zone is what it's called let's get in some weeds for just a second that it has already carried out its mission that then at least then like super conservative rick perry push forth the crez i think one of the hallmarks of uh his governorship here he pushes forth the crez but now there are folks who want to different interest groups that want to go after that and end the funding and by end the funding specifically like the businesses go in and they set up the turbines. We've all seen the long trailers dragging right. the turbine <clears throat> wings down the road, whether it's 84 or I 27, whatever. But the state's end of that is to follow up with transmission lines. Lubbock just came on to ERCOT, I think in March or right. so. And part of ERCOT, I think uh, 10 15% of ERCOT, which carries electricity throughout the state, 15% of it's energy generation is from wind up in this part of the country i don't want to ask you to get into the political weeds but i want to ask you as a west texas audience and you know in the economy how important is it that wind energy and wind energy supporting policy continues in the state
4: well i think it's important i think we've got to be able to find you know other sources of energy and power to augment gasoline and natural gas and it's just it's another source of power you know the political debate is does the government need to be involved in 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 that process uh that that's the debate right now that that needs to go on but it but it does it does fund local school districts and so if the state's not going to fund it appropriately and that's an avenue that I'm a proponent for it because, we, we've, you know, we've got to have a strong public school system. I'm a product of a public school system, and so are you. And it, uh, that, Texas needs that for, for a workforce today. Uh, interesting stat, today in Texas, there are more jobs available in Texas than there are workers to fill them. And you're, that's why you're seeing a, a massive migration from California coming into Texas. We see it a little bit in Lubbock. But I see it in Austin, 6 out of 10 people that move to Austin every day are from California. No. 6 out of 10, 63%. Oh.
0: Man, oh. the raspberry is about to grow into a plum. It is. In Rick Perry's raspberry in a uh, bowl of tomato soup. Exactly. And so, uh, but there's a lot of, like I've talked with realtors and they're really amazed at how many people are moving to Lubbock from California. You know, cost of
4: living. It's hot today, but the weather in Lubbock's usually pretty good. I and mean, we would put up a couple of dust storms a year. Weather's usually pretty good. Winters are mild. We're on, you know, no state income tax. We're a healthy state. We've got a great rainy day fund. And we've got all kinds of good conservative fundamentals behind us that creates for a great economy statewide. Uh, so it's an attractive place to live. Uh, Austin is looking more and more like California every day, and it scares me. But you see the growth in Dallas-Fort Worth. It's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Abilene's having a resurgence right now. Uh, San Angelo's having a downtown resurgence. I mean, you just look at all these pockets in Texas. It's not just the Permian Basin. It's not just Austin and Dallas. It's going all over. Even Houston's having a great resurgence with the price of oil today.
0: Hmm. But it's a good corollary to have there some backup with wind. Always. Definitely for... Region. And that extends all the way from Amarillo down even to Pecos. I mean, it goes all over the region here. So James Arnold, tell me what's going on at ABC Bank, what you guys got going on, why people need to check out ABC Bank.
4: Well, we continue to, to upgrade and uh, enhance our online platform. You know, today more people are using their phone uh, for banking. Than they are the the personal computer, and now it's our online technology is our number one branch in terms of traffic, Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and so
4: we're having more people do that digitally.
0: uh, Let me just speak right now that the show goes through other side of Texas goes through ABC Bank, but I upgrade. I think I had like an iPhone six or something stupid that I've had forever, yeah. And uh, I went and got the iPhone ten. And I hit my ABC Bank app, and it said, well, do you want to be recognized on... Facial recognition. Facial recognition? Yeah. Way to go Lubbock. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So so, yeah, so, it keeps up with the technology. You're wrong there. So we we can offer everything the big banks can offer in terms of technology and mobile banking and banking with your smartphone, et cetera. The biggest difference is when you have a problem, you call our office in Lubbock, 775-5000, and a person answers, and we'll resolve the problem right there. You're not going through a maze of, cell, of of voice jail and all that business.
0: Or if you're me, you just call and say, can I speak with Jonathan? Jonathan's your man.
4: Jonathan's your man. And so, and, and we've also got fraud prevention, fraud detection. You know, uh, banks get hit every day with people trying to break in and infiltrate the system. And so we've got tons of layers of security to protect your data to protect your information again we could do everything the big banks can but we do it with a west texas personal touch
0: Mm yeah yeah as for jonathan Jonathan Perez. Yeah, or you know, maybe you could ask for James, but he might be busy. I'm just going to call Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else are we missing here, buddy?
4: Well, we you know we've we launched our mortgage uh, department. Jessica Carson's in our mortgage department uh, again. Seven seven five five thousand. If you want to refinance or lock at a good rate, mortgage rates are moving up, but they're
0: still at but historic you lows. Get higher with her too. Like I'm not hometowning this. I'm just saying. My wife has has been really successful as a realtor over the last couple of years jumped in, wanted a way to stay at home sure. and, but not be like nine to six every day and uh, went and had lunch with Jessica and said uh, yeah they made a pretty good hire there.
4: She's a hustler and she gets stuff done and and you know what you want is someone that does mortgages just you want to get to the closing table and get that house purchased and so she can get you to the finish line and just a great professional and, and we're proud of her
0: yeah. So um tell me something else. I don't have anything else on my docket here. You know, and a couple of minutes left. Uh would love to look at
4: any kind of home improvement project. We do consumer loans. We've got all kinds of uh commercial applications that we can can help with. Uh we can help with some financial planning. Uh so any any kind of investment idea you've got in 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 Austin or Lubbock or anywhere in Texas, we're able to help and, and help do that. And uh we're invested in this community. All of our back office is, is in Wolfworth, Texas, and, and we're proud of that. We've been around for over 60 years, and uh, you're not going to see us with a new name anytime soon, I can tell you that. Yeah, no.
0: isn't that crazy? And like in Abilene, there's a church on every corner. In Lubbock, there's a bank on every corner. With a lot of churches. I don't want to denigrate. A lot of churches in Abilene. I don't want to denigrate churches in Lubbock. I'm not doing that at all. But uh, a lot of those, well, it used to be the old, you know, like the building. Like, well, that used to be whatever. Well, it's always been like what since 61, I was born in 79, but always been ABC bank.
4: Yeah. And and we're here to stay and and we're proud of that. And, uh, you know, Chase is coming to town, the big bank, one of the big fours coming to Lubbock, and, and we welcome that competition. Uh, those guys are easy to out-hustle and out-work. They're just so big, and they've got to go to, to Dallas for approval or New York for approval, and we do all of our things uh, here locally. And, and, and there's a lot of strong community banks in Lubbock that we compete with every single day, but it's fun to compete with guys that have a high integrity, uh, they're hard workers and they represent their shareholders well it's just it's just a great uh, financial competitive environment love it
0: yeah um, James Arnold ABC Bank giving us the economic breakdown here I appreciate you making time to come in you miss uh, miss your school board duties
4: no I don't I, I did it for 15 years uh, I'm proud of the work that we did I saw our district change a lot some for the better some not for the better uh but i think we left it in better condition than when we found it so i'm proud of that
0: there he is hey we're going to close out this and uh, for james arnold blue collar bill you can hear all this on our apple itunes podcast other side of texas.com some traffic picking up there on facebook uh, yesterday's program is texas big enough for two vet schools we had a descending you on the show yesterday with dr greg van and uh you can go in and, and download that podcast share it with your friends and uh hope you will uh, more to follow after the show at ostx show on twitter other side of texas on uh facebook other side of texas.com thank you for tuning in again and uh, for telling your friends that you hang out here on the other side of texas we'll see you tomorrow with brandon darby in studio breitbart managing editor we're going to play master debaters me and brandon darby along with uh, former congressional candidate michael bob star retired colonel out of Dias air force base he's going to be moderating and also telling us about some important work that he's been up to until then, we appreciate you hanging out here on the other side of Texas. See you tomorrow, right here, at AM 580, Love
1: It's who we want to be.